Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 269 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we react to Nebraska's victory over Iowa, and we discuss the beginning of the Matt Rule era. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals. That's cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Reach out to Monty at 402-770-3356. A happy birthday to you. A happy birthday to you. May you feel <laughs> Jesus near every day of the year. A happy birthday to you. A happy birthday to you. And the best year you ever had. Happy birthday, Justin. Well, is that a real song? That's a real song my mother sang all the time to me um apparently she like it's like a christian version of a happy birthday song that she learned at camp oh fun <laughs> so huh, yeah i've heard it yeah now i know it only because like sometime in my teenage years she started doing that and i'm like okay <laughs> so wow thanks yeah it's it's Good, like uh... the the applebee's version of birthday only for christian camps <laughs> gotcha Gotcha. Thank you. Happy birthday for real. It is Justin's birthday, like right now, the time that we're recording. When we're recording, yeah, the day, uh, the day Matt Rule came to Lincoln. Yeah, I got you a seventy-four million dollar birthday present. I hope you that was like really it. Really nice of you. Really thoughtful. It's <laughs> uh, a lot of money. I don't know if I'm worth it. Oh, uh, time will tell. I'll I'll get back to you in about nine years. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So where where do we where do you want to start with this? Do you want to start with the Iowa game, or do you yeah. want to start with the new coach? I feel like it's appropriate to, like, let's touch on the Iowa game briefly before, because, I mean, there's a million things that we could talk about with Rule. So, um, did you expect a win on Friday? Did I expect a win? <laughs> I didn't expect a win. I hoped for a win. Of course. We always hope for a win. I mean, I hoped that we could challenge them with the passing game in a way that no one else had done, but did I expect it? No. Did, did you did you believe it? When we fumbled that Oh gosh. That uh run towards the end, I thought it was over. I, I tweeted, sh- here we go. <laughs> that was on that was unreal how several people were saying, Oh, we've got it. It's it's like, no, how could you mm-hmm. say that? It's mm-hmm. clearly not over till it's over, and this team has a terrible history, so props to Mickey Joseph on on pulling that one out of the brink of disaster. For for doing what Scott Frost was never able to do. I don't think did we have a victory over Iowa under Frost? No, and one of my coworkers uh was on the team. He was a senior when when Bo right after Bo got fired was when he graduated. And so he always has always said, we haven't beat Iowa since Bo got fired. Oh, gross. Yeah. So um, it'd been a while. So Scott didn't do it. Riley didn't do it. It had been a while. So yeah, we got it done. I mean, man, and just, what was it? 17, zero at halftime, just crushed him that first half. Now I went back and watched it and it was shocking. Like during the game, it was shocking how uncharacteristic they were in terms of, sloppy turnovers and dumb penalties but like on on the first rewatch in a really long time it was 
it was exceptionally shocking. Like, mm-hmm. I just couldn't, I couldn't believe how they self-destructed and, you know, Petrus was knocked out, which I don't know how much worse Padilla was and people have been knocking on Petrus all season. So, um, man, just, just wild muffin punts, sacks where the right tackle didn't touch anybody, letting <laughs> uh, Caleb Tanner rip on by. I mean, it was, uh, after that first half, it was right for the taking. Yeah. I just want to point out, it, it did sound a moment ago, like you said something about muffin punts, which I'm hungry, so, um, yeah. It's a bad joke, Mike. <laughs> no, no, that's not a joke. It actually did sound like you're talking about food for a second to me. <laughs> Muffing the punt. Yes. So Dropping dropping the punt. Uh, did, did you expect us to win? Um... I'm going to be honest. I actually, uh, I was in the depths of despair on Thursday. I mean, that sounds bad. It was Thanksgiving, but like as a, as a fan, as a Husker fan, I, I was like this, this season's over. Uh, I don't expect tomorrow to be a fun game to watch. Um, but I'm going to watch cause I feel like that's my duty as a fan, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so, a friend of mine who is an Iowa fan, she posted a meme saying something about like when you post, it was, you know, it's that picture of Nicolas Cage. I don't even know what the movie is. Maybe like Con Air or something when he gets out of jail and like he's feeling the, the wind blow through his hair for the first time in years. Uh, um, it's that. And it's like when you post a meme to trigger Husker fans and it does exactly what it's supposed to do. Oh and, gosh. And I just replied to her. I said, I yeah I don't think you realize how numb we are at this point. Like that the this this doesn't we're not triggered by anything. There's nothing you can say or do that will make us feel worse about the, our situation as fans of the Cornhuskers. Um, and so I actually ended it by saying, uh, "Enjoy your win tomorrow." Oh my! <laughs> but. There was a little bit of a superstition attached to that when I posted that because I was thinking to myself, well, we've been hoping to win. There are times where we've even been expecting to win over the last seven, eight years, and we didn't win. So maybe, maybe if I expect us to lose, mm. we might win. Reverse psychology or something. So... That's also me maybe kind of making excuses for myself for the first time ever as a fan, kind of being like, yeah, we're going to lose. <laughs> and then we won. And now the, the corner's been turned, and we're never going to lose a game again, right? Because we got a new coach, and everything's going to be just fine. Something like that. Did, what did you think of that leaping the shield penalty? I mean, it was the right call. It You know, we haven't talked a ton about long snappers this year, but it my first thought was you can't jump the long snapper in the same way mm-hmm. um, because it's, I think the sleep in the shield is more about the leaper because of how you might come down bad. I wonder if leaping, jumping the snapper is more about this person getting leapt over, mm-hmm. like getting crushed in a weird way after yeah. being all fully extended. But well, weren't uh, they saying that the, the, the long snapper is by rule a defensive player. So if you make contact with them, like in any way, shape or form, that's the issue there. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe not like if you have incidental contact, but if you try jumping over them and make contact with them while jumping over them, certainly, you know. Yeah. So, but uh yeah, no. It it is what it is. 
Trey Palmer passed Stanley Morgan for the yeah. best season ever when as a did wide that, receiver. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like I'm just shocked. Like, when did that storyline get picked up? Because nobody was talking about that chase all season long, I don't feel. Well, and then Yeah, I feel like uh with the Purdue game, that's when I last heard serious chatter about it. And then um, I don't remember who he played after Purdue, but he had one reception for oh, one yard. <laughs> maybe people something. just shut up with that. Yeah, yeah. And then Casey got hurt mm. and was out for a couple games, and our you know we struggled big time with getting it to our playmakers. Good point. And um, so I feel like that's kind of where it died. But then uh, once Casey came back, I think I had a sense that both he was close, and then also Matt or uh, and Matt Grant. Hey, what's up, Matt, if you're listening? Hi, Matt. Anthony Grant uh, was 120, 130 yards from a 1,000-yard season as well. So it was all possible, but uh, for for Anthony, was not to come to pass. Well, what a, what a fun ending to just a, a terrible year. <laughs> what, a, what a wonderful way to send off this season because I mean, I, I forget who I, you know, I'm, people have said this, so it's, it's not unique to any one person, but you know, there, there was the observation that we're not going to a bowl game. So that was basically these guys bowl game. And just for, for all the seniors, especially to get that win, to finally beat Iowa to kind of like, at least that's one feather they can stick in their cap so to speak you know they they got to have something special on friday something that they could feel proud of and yeah even even more than for the fan base like i feel so good for that team that they were able to take just a dumpster fire of a season and go out with the win so cool and they and they earned it they earned that second Mm -hmm. half win i mean they had to really fight and scrap you know not that not that a blowout would be more, and maybe it would have been more fulfilling, but to to start so strong and then struggle and have you know some of your biggest problems come back and then overcome it. I mean, that's really it's really gratifying mm-hmm. and makes the celebration all the more sweet. I'm really glad we won too because who was it? Was it Newsom that had two potential interceptions oh that goodness. he dropped? Like if we lost that game. He would have been blamed. <laughs> How many times have we seen stuff like that as as Nebraska fans in the yeah. last? You know, just in this this streak of season, last two seasons where we can't win a game to save our life. There's been so many of those. If he just would have not mm-hmm. dropped it, or if he could have finished the play, it's a victory. Well, I mean, I just think back to how many times I've tweeted over the last. I mean, even this season, just saying like, all we need is a stop and we'll be okay. Or all we need is to get a first down and we'll be okay. That more than wins next year. I think for me, that is going to be a sign of progress is when Nebraska has the opportunity to take control of a game at the end and shut Mm -hmm. it down and claim victory. I want to see him do it. I want the defensive stop. And you can say we got the defensive stop in this game, so good for them. But we didn't even need to be in that position if our offense could have just gotten a first down to save their life in the fourth quarter. So that was really hard to watch. That is what I want to see next year. I want to see us in an opportunity to win a game and them just saying, like, yep, let's go and take this, and they actually do it. Here, here. 
So yeah, that's the Iowa game. I'm trying to think if I have anything more to say about the Iowa game. Well, I mean, it's not like did did anything else interesting happen this weekend? Uh. This is kind of our like wrap up here, right? There's nothing else to talk about. Well, I was just you know it was a it was the first win against them in seven years, and so I just don't want to trying to think if there's anything i was kind of joking about how like we we do still have to talk about rule at some point here oh yeah yeah sure (laughs) sure you could say that we had two wins in one weekend yeah or or maybe not i don't know what side of the debate are you on justin i don't think there's much of a debate do you yeah there's people online who are like this is the worst thing that they could have ever done that's what people online do yeah do do you want my honest to goodness opinion about no? Matt? I want you to I want you to lie to me. Okay. Well. Okay. Um, I think Matt Rule is. Um, I got nothing. You you don't you can't think of a good lie. That's fine. Yeah. I'm I appreciate your I appreciate your honesty, dude. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever played Among Us, but I am terrible if I'm ever the imposter. <laughs> I've played Resistance, but not Among Us. Okay. Yeah, my same concept. Yeah, I mean it's like mafia, but it's a video game. Um, oh, yeah. So basically, if I'm if I'm the bad guy and I have to lie and pretend I'm a good guy, like <laughs> after can't. the first round, my friends are like, "It's Mike." <laughs> so that's good that yeah. you're a bad liar. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it'd be a problem if I was uh, exceptional at it, but it'd be it'd be dubious. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, you know, one thing to start off this conversation, I thought the contrast between what happened when Matt Rule showed up at the stadium and what happened when Scott showed up at the stadium for his opening press conference, the first thing Scott did was he went down and he saw all those former players. Mm-hmm. And the first thing Matt did was he got out of the car to a surprise gathering of fans. Mm. And uh, I just wonder if that is indication of who their primary constituencies were like scott was trying to appease or please the uh the former players and and matt doesn't is not saddled with that he's just here to to build a program and embrace the fans yeah so do do you still want to know my opinion on matt rule i do (laughs) um i don't have one and and i mean that in the best way I don't think anybody can honestly say this is a great hire or this is a terrible hire. Hmm. I I think it is something that, I mean, think of all the people, even people who were experts, people who were looking in from the outside when we hired Frost. Sure, there were a lot of people saying, I don't know, this isn't smart, just like you would with anything. But there were so many people who were like, finally, Nebraska's back. Oh, this is going to, like, everything's going to be better now. Like, you you remember people were like, college football is better when Nebraska is better. You know, there was all that mm-hmm. stuff going on when Frost got hired. And it didn't work out, right? And so yep. I'm looking at the rule hire and I'm saying, like, okay, cool. He checks all the right boxes. The, the press conference today was great, and we can talk about specifics in a minute. But at the end of the day, talk to me in five years, and I'll tell you whether or not it was a good hire. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I think that what you're saying speaks to something I've been thinking about, which is 
even in the specific instance of you and me and this podcast, this is our third new mm-hmm. coach because mm-hmm. we started with Riley. And uh, as a fan base that's been around for a few years, like we've seen a number of coaches now in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I think we all need to just be a little bit more guarded, a little more careful as a fan, you know, short for fanatic. It's it's a fan's natural inclination to go crazy about their person mm-hmm. and to think that they're the greatest thing ever with scott i feel like there was even more of that because of his background and his connection and the return home and his family history you know with yeah Riley, there, there isn't going to be a book available in a month yeah. or two about how rule is such a significant hire and here's his life story and here's even some fan fiction about like what he's going to accomplish <laughs> Yeah, and with with Bo, there was a little bit of that too, bringing mm-hmm. back the guy mm-hmm. who had been good for Frank. And so, anyway, I just think that for myself, and hopefully for all of us, we can all be a little bit more, more dispassionate. Um, still, you know, still rooting for the team, but just we don't have to. We don't have to think everything he says is the greatest thing ever. You know, some people still are going to do that because that's what they want to do. I mean, some. Some of the some of the folks on Twitter who who get a lot of interactions, they just you know they're 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 pumping pumping positivity, which I'm I guess I don't want to say we're going to be negative, yeah. but I just want to be more cautious. Mm-hmm. And I even saw someone saying that to us on social media yesterday. Like it's well, I know you guys want to pump up the fans, but hold you know hold off. And I yeah. and I said like you know in the past we probably have I don't know if we've consciously tried to pump people up or if it's just what we do for ourselves and so we instinctively pass it on but i think we all want to be just a little more careful guard Mm -hmm. our hearts here yeah and i I guess for me the reality is is i don't i don't know enough to know whether this guy is good or bad like and let's be honest the people online the people on the forums the people uh, fighting on twitter like people getting in these arguments and these threads, you're going to have some people who know their stuff. You're going to have some people who have been studying and following the careers of various coaches and stuff. We've all seen the stats. We can talk about Temple. We can talk about Baylor. But but at the end of the day, like, I don't – I'm not – it's – I'm just a fan, right? Like, I'm going to trust the people who are paid millions of dollars who have their careers on the line who are making these decisions to make the right decisions. And – if nothing else, I think that Trev Alberts has a good record as an AD. Um, I think he's smart. Um, I think he's a heck of a lot better than the guy who preceded him. So, uh, and I guess when I say the guy who preceded him, I'm not talking about, uh, was it Moose? Moose? Yeah, I'm talking about uh, he who shall not be named. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but at the end of the day, we... Pff, Let's be honest with yourself as a fan. We don't. We don't know. We're just fans. Yeah, he he does. He does have. I mean, the things we do know. He does have a track record of yes. building, building to success with programs that are lowly. Whether it's you know Temple that had no real history of wins, or if it's Baylor who was mired in the depths of scandal. Um, not quite death penalty, but, you know, really <laughs> I, torn apart. I was he, one of the people who was advocating for just to shut it down. This yeah. Is, this is and he too built him up. Yeah. And he built him up. Yeah. I know a name. I, I, You and I purposefully stayed away from name dropping on mm-hmm. the podcast just because now I'm not filled with useless knowledge about a whole bunch of candidates that we <laughs> didn't get. Um, and, I, and we can spend time learning more about Rule. 
But I know personally, Fickle was a name that I'd thought about, and it mm-hmm. was so interesting that uh, Wisconsin hired him right after we hired Rule. Yeah. And um, I didn't see that one coming. And, you know, my first instinct is, well, that sucks. That's kind of who I wanted. Mm. But to hear Trev speak today at the press conference and to think through this, you know, how deliberative he's been, he wanted a guy who has a track record of rebuilding, building and rebuilding. Mm. And that's, I don't know that you have that with with Fickle. It's just not the same. Yeah. So, and man, it sounds like they worked with like uh, an analytics firm to look at trends in the big 10 and like what what makes for successful coaching and what doesn't i'm not exactly sure how that all fits in but they went deep and uh they went long sounds like trev was pretty absent from his family for two months is the way he made it sound and uh and uh i i did go i did went uh, speaking of trev i showed up at the at the stadium for to see matt rule walk in and he was excited to see all the fans there apparently he didn't know that was going to happen spoke briefly and then as he was walking in i was kind of standing up on the stairs where everybody was walking in i said good work trev and he heard me and he looked back and said thank you so (laughs) that's great feel pretty good about that i can only assume he's listening uh to the podcast today so uh hello to trev yeah what uh, what do you want to say to trev in that if, if since he's listening just uh we respect you and we're hoping for the best thank you for putting in the hard work yeah, yeah. Put and I think are we paying rule double what we were paying Scott? Um, we're paying him a lot of money. Yeah, I think it's double. It's yeah. a lot. And uh, he's got a, a big old pot of money for for his staff. The big question we're recording here on Monday the twenty eighth. The big question I think a lot of people still have is, is Mickey. It's it's all. Uh, roses and happiness now um there haven't been any hard decisions made but if... oh there there have i mean not re- regarding mickey but he's already let some people go as of tonight oh yeah like who uh off the top of my head Duvall. um oh I, I well think we but... may we may already have a strength a new yeah. strength coach <laughs> i don't yeah see i don't see that as like letting people go because you bring in your own strength coach. Oh, that's sure a, that's okay I, that's not surprising the, yeah, if, whether or not, and also I think people are really questioning Duvall by the end of the Frost era. Sure, <laughs> um, he wasn't the he was he was highly regarded when he came in, and I think he lost his luster like so many of those guys. Um, but uh, yeah, Mickey, well, what happens with Mickey will be the first, and it's pretty quick, but the first real test mm-hmm. of the rule era is how that goes. And I think Mickey is super professional and is going to be you know if it doesn't work out for him to stay on staff, I think he's going to not hold it against the staff. Like he did, he did a darn good job keeping Mm -hmm. this team together, a darn good job. And, um, I think he has a lot to be proud of and, you know, as we've, yeah, I I think the future is bright for Mickey Joseph. Not a, not a novel thought here, not a unique thought. So let's talk about comparing. I mean, this is what's on my mind today is just sifting through what I heard today versus what I heard when Scott had his press conference and when Mike Riley had his press conference. It, it is interesting to me just how, and, and maybe this is me just kind of falling for a guy being a, a smooth talker because, like, holy cow, public speaking skills. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but but I just think back to like with Riley, it was like, well, you know, I'm gonna come in here and I'm gonna give it my best shot, you know. And then Frost was a lot of, yeah, we're gonna come back and everybody's gonna have to adjust to us. Like there was a lot of like swagger and a lot of just like, yep, it's happening. I'm the guy and. Rule is just kind of like, we're going to work really hard. I have a process I believe in. And I, I actually really appreciate that he didn't say, like, we're going to a bowl game next year. Even though two weeks ago I was saying, that's the benchmark we that's need to That's what Mike wants. Mike wants a bowl <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah. But, I mean, like, he was saying, like, we're going to put in the hard work that will produce going to a bowl game. That will produce eventually competing in championships. Now, if that happens immediately, great. But... It's like uh, if you build it, it will happen, kind of thing. I don't know. I I appreciated that he was like, "We're gonna do this the right way. We're going to uh, what was he? He's talking about winning in the trenches, and uh, you know, just we can talk about that stuff. But but I just I really appreciated that he did not try to say. Uh, and in fact, I think he even came back and said. I don't think that we have earned the right or I don't think Nebraska has the right to talk about championships or anything just yet. We need to get on the right track and then we can start having that discussion. And it was like, huh. Yeah. That's not something you expect to hear on day one from a coach. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, but that's the message that needs to be heard. Uh huh. We're, 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 we're kind of starting over, but with a dude who's done it and, uh, I was just watching some video right before you and I got on the call here, and he is apparently he met with Casey Thompson for an hour on oh, Saturday, wow. hmm. and uh, and has expressed to Casey that he hopes he can be the quarterback next year. That's cool. And that he also sat down with Garrett Nelson and some others, um, which Garrett did not walk for Senior Day. Hmm. So um, yeah, he's he's got a plan. He's got a blueprint. And you know, um, he's done it twice. I feel like we we maybe said that about Scott, and now in hindsight we realize that though the team was 0-12 before he took it over, it was actually pretty decent the year before that, and it was just a really toxic situation where things fell apart. Almost things fell apart the year before Scott got there, almost as miraculously as things fell together his second year at UCF. Mm-hmm. Um catching lightning in a bottle and then the opposite of what whatever that is the lightning catching the bottle and um so anyway all that to say what i'm trying to say is that rule has twice now flipped a culture and scott kind of did it once but maybe not as effectively as realized something i also appreciate is i i think that fans are more okay with what he said today than they would have been in the past we were saying like hey Let's respect the past, but the point here isn't to go back to what we used to be. We need to move forward. Um, uh, Even when Scott Frost was hired, I think a lot of people would have bristled at that. I think think most fans today are like, yep, let's go. (laughs) They're like, 100%, let's respect the traditions that we have. You know, he brought up the tunnel walk, and, and it seems like he... Um, again, this is this is uh, I think speaks well of him. He was saying like, "Hey, I'm I'm going to ask you to be patient with me. I need to learn the culture a little bit here, um, and then we'll you know find our new path forward in the midst of all of that." And so I thought that was pretty cool. 
He's definitely a good public speaker, which yeah. I feel like I'd heard that a few times beforehand, like he was going to be good with the press. So, you know, that probably contributes to a more positive view of what this team's capable of in the lead up to the season, unless he's able to like in his positive engagement, unless he's able to also say like, Hey, we've got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not going to win a championship. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess for, for me, it, it comes back to just comparing his presentation to the last two coaches and just how, you know, as both you and I have been in various leadership positions in various contexts, um, it, it, to me, it's like, oh wow, this is this is a lot of good stuff that he's saying that we did not hear from the last couple of coaches. I mean, just like just strictly as being responsible, being um, put, putting in the hard work, all that stuff. I I I don't know. It, it it it's actually kind of like oh man, you know Mickey he he did a lot of good things over the last you know however many games that he got a coach as the interim, and and it almost feels like we're still going in that same direction with Rule now, um, just kind of this like cleansing or this purification of uh, I'm gonna say it uh, the the word's gonna come out, uh, culture <laughs> <laughs> at at our school. Uh, but, but I mean, that, that really is what it comes down to. And I think that you're going to find, um, uh, just, just a respect and a, um, I'm, I'm losing the words here, but I, I just feel like there's going to be a, a healthy culture cultivated by rule that maybe we didn't get from frost. And yeah, Riley. he's, he's going to build things from the foundation up, not, Yeah. Scott came in with his expectations of what was going to work and then it didn't work. And then it felt like maybe he was trying to cut corners and a lot of it, you know, all the bravado, like the bravado of his first year, like you can't, it's just, it's empty rhetoric. You you better get us now. Cause in, in a few years we're going to be even worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You better get us now because it's going to get easier. You better beat us now because in a few years, it's not going to mean anything anymore when you beat <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe we're being too mean to, to Frost. I mean, he's like the worst coach in our lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, Riley was... Yeah, we spoke so two, poorly two of Riley. Two games. Mm-hmm. One, uh, was, uh, one had an asterisk, one didn't it? Yeah, but he, he went. Yeah. And then and we won it also. And then uh Callahan played for a conference title. Yeah. Um Callahan couldn't let go of his buddy defensive coordinator. Riley got saddled with had to fire his buddy defensive coordinator and got saddled with a disaster. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, Scott I mean you can't the record and, stand, speaks for itself. And Frost did not get us to ten wins. He did not. Like total. <laughs> Oh, oh, can you believe that we're saying that? How? Yeah, I wonder how much longer we're we're gonna keep ca- talking about Scott. Yeah. Oh man, I mean, do it's... you remember all the like Polini talk in the first couple seasons of our of our podcast? We talked about Polini a lot, dude. I don't. I mean, I believe you. I don't remember it, but I mean, I don't doubt it. I just remember making jokes about like how we, maybe we should stop talking about Polini sooner or later. <laughs> well, I saw a joke, I, and it was kind of a joke, but it was kind of also serious, saying like. When 
rule has flipped these teams. The first two seasons have not been awesome in terms of results. And this person was saying, yeah, but you can blame Scott for those. <laughs> I mean, he's like the shadow coach that you can blame. I mean, there we were doing that with Riley the first couple of years with Scott. We were doing it with Riley, like, almost to the last season. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, so, Mike, how, how are you and I going to be better fans and podcast hosts? Like, is there something that you and I need to... I don't have an answer to this question. It's a genuine one. Like, how do we not get overly hyped? How do we not, you know, get... I don't... I want to be a fan, and I want to root for the best... Kind of like with the Iowa game, like I'm ho- I was hoping we would win. Did I expect we would win? No. Like that's something we have to earn back. So how do we support the team and not expect massive things, but also look to a future where we can count on wins again? Do we just need to like reality check? Are we being realistic here? I think. I think back to your guard your heart type stuff you were talking about earlier. I think that we naturally are going to have some of that built in this season. Um, I, I don't think that you're going to hear as much talk about rule that we like we heard with Frost, where people were like, "Well, if Frost can't do it, nobody can." Right? I think more what you're going to hear from Nebraska fans over the next couple of years is like, "Well." This is the guy that we've got. We need to just wait and see what happens because he has a, what, eight-year contract? Eight eight years. I don't want to make you, I don't want to make you freak out, but you will be closer to 50 (laughs) at the end of that contract, Justin, uh, than than 40. My oldest will be 16. My youngest will be 10. (laughs) So... I think it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, hey, you know what? This is this is uh, a long-term relationship we've just signed on for. Um, this is, you know, <laughs> maybe this isn't... <laughs> I don't want to say anything disrespectful or inappropriate, but it's almost kind of like an arranged marriage where it's like, we got, we got to figure out how to make this work. You know? Like, yeah. Th- this well, is, yeah, Trev, this is Trev the arranged the marriage yeah. between the fans and rule. Sure, mm-hmm. that's an interesting analogy. Yeah, and so... Sometimes... Like, Arranged marriages are the most healthy marriages. <laughs> Sometimes they are. Yeah. I mean, you look at the divorce rate of people who marry for love, it's like 50%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not here to enjoy endorse arranged marriages. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, there's there's something to be said about like, hey, I know somebody who's perfect for you. <laughs> so, and maybe, maybe Trev's the guy telling us that. As Trev's fans. like, hey, I looked at the analytics, and let me tell you what. This may not be what you think you want, but it's what you need. Can't always get what you want. And so we got to love the one we're with. I mean, I don't know who else. Like like I said, I've I've not tried to advocate for anyone in particular in regards to wanting. So I'm Yeah. I'm excited about this guy and and uh yeah. It's he, time to He seems up. like a good coach and a decent dude. And yeah, for me, that's all you much, can ask for. It was fun to hear that he's like, I'm going to be involved with community. I mean, he's got oh my gosh, yeah. younger kids. And, um, you know, like Riley lived in Embassy Suites the whole time. <laughs> I'm not joking. No, it, like, like, his wife, his had, wife some, had an allergy and they yeah, bought like a paint. house where the carpet needed to be replaced. Right, yeah. <laughs> so uh, 
I forgot I think, about that. Oh, dude, do you think Scott Frost ever got his Wii back? <laughs> I do think it was neat that uh, that Matt apparently talked to Scott. Mm-hmm. I mean, how cool is that? He's talking to everybody. I mean, that's my. I mean, that's kind of the the way I'm wired. Like, you know, let's let's talk to everybody. Figure out what what the get the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. Make sure you got a decent relationship with everybody. And that's I like that approach. Yeah. That's how to, that's how I'd go about it. Although I don't know, I mean, it's, it helps that it sounds like he knew Scott. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if he didn't, I don't know if I'd have the cojones to reach out. <laughs> right. I would. Lo- he's not ever going to do it, but I would love to hear what Scott's thinking right now. Oh man! In twenty years, there's going to be some documentary made. It'll be really interesting. But here's the thing. I mean, look at Frank. Frank went to Ohio and had this successful career, mm-hmm. and I think his. He's got family who live in Lincoln, and I, you know, I understand that he like slips in and out of town like to see them, but he does not do anything official. Yeah, um, and I could see Scott following that model. Oh yeah, oh yeah. At this point, I don't know. I mean, if I were in his shoes, I would be like, yeah, I'm gonna take, uh, I'm take take these millions of dollars they're paying me to leave, and I'm gonna actually leave, <laughs> go back to Florida or wherever, you know. So, but yeah, that's, that's another interesting kind of yin to frost yang is that, um, rule seems to be interested in being a part of the community. And we certainly didn't feel that with frost. I mean, on day one, he was saying, don't, don't you dare. Oh, don't you dare come for my family. Uh, you stay away from them. I have a specific set of skills. (laughs) (laughs) And if you talk to my mama, I will hunt you down. If you steal my Wii, <laughs> I will probably not get it back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that is an interesting, it's like, huh, yeah, you know what? I think maybe, again, this is coming back to the, the word I was using earlier. I think that's probably a healthier approach of like, like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna try to, you know, put down roots here. And that means my family is going to be a part of the community of Lincoln, Nebraska. And so... You might see my kids at the library or my wife at Hy-Vee or wherever, you know? So Yeah, just, it's neat. Just be cool people. Don't be don't be idiots. <laughs> Cause I mean on the on the flip side I can see why Frost would be guarded, you know. I don't think that yeah. that's necessarily wrong. It's yeah, just I an interesting I don't hold it against him. Yeah, no, certainly not. Yeah. I did read I think it was Dirk, who I know some people are divisive on. Dirk Chalen pointed out that um in his letter to Matt Rule or whoever, I don't remember if it was specifically to Matt or if it was to whoever the next coach is, was explaining just how unique this place is and some of the quirks and intricacies of who we are as a people and what we expect. And he said with Scott, Scott came in with a vision and then it didn't work and then he checked out emotionally. Hmm. And, you know, I, I feel like nobody, I haven't heard anybody kind of spell it out like that so directly and... I, here we are still talking about Scott. I just want to know what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just want to know what happened. Well, I mean, one one of my greatest hopes as a Star Wars fan is I want to know what actually happened with the sequel trilogy. And especially, oh, yeah. especially what the heck happened with that last movie. Um, 
there are some amazing documentaries. There are some amazing books. If you ever get a chance to check out the making of Star Wars books uh, for the original trilogy, Barry, uh, forget his initials. I think it's R.W. Rinsler. Just outstanding books that are like a deep dive into the making of those movies. I don't know if we're going to get that for the sequel trilogy just because there's so much red tape and so much controversy surrounding those movies. But it would be so cool if at some point we can like find out like what what was this trilogy supposed to be? What was the vision of each director? And what the heck happened with just the, the politicking and everything forcing... Uh, Rise of Skywalker to be pushed forward like a year uh, according to the original plan Um, I mean much in the same way that I don't know if you realize this Justin but there have been like 20 scripts for Indiana Jones 5 (laughs) and I just like I'm I'm curious about that stuff I love the behind the scenes stuff and I'd love to get that with the Frost era of Nebraska football but I don't I don't know if the people who can say something are going to want to say something in 10, 15, 20 years, but time will tell. Yeah, you know, the I'll always probably compare the Star Wars sequels to, like, Harry Potter, where you heard, um, oh, what's her name, the author of Harry Potter, say that she always had a specific vision of how it would end, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a matter of how she got there, versus, like, Game of Thrones, the author was... He likes to follow his characters and try to build real, real three-dimensional characters and then throw them out into the world and see what happens. And then he, like, killed everybody and lost (laughs) his way. And then he quit. He stopped. He stalled. And then the TV shows took all his time and then they passed him. And then he was just, like, left in the dust. And everybody's like, so what's going to happen? Are you going to finish him or are you going to die? And I, so anyway, I wonder where on that spectrum Star Wars fell. It probably isn't even on that spectrum because it's probably all, like focus grouped to death and you know like just that's why i don't yeah yeah, death by committee that's why i don't bother with any of the high republic stuff because that's actually like one of their selling points for those books and comics and whatnot (laughs) is is that it's not that no is that it like we, we put a bunch of people together in one room and we wanted to make the most perfect thing that you could imagine like it was basically like we had a focus group for what star wars should be and what people want and here it is everybody and i'm just like i don't want that (laughs) did i tell you that i rewatched rogue one for the first time since it came out oh wow i pretty much had the same feeling which was like meh really i know people really like it but i felt like Jin ursa like felicity huffman's great i really like her as an actress and i felt most of her scenes that were emotional and supposed to give you a connection to the character was like, all right, all right, Felicity, now be emotional. This mm-hmm. is your emotional scene. Like, show us emotion. It's like, okay, Jin Erso is being emotional. We feel bad for her. Like, I just had no connection to what was happening. I can and, see that. I can see that. And also, there was a lot of expectations. This is probably part a big piece of it. The previews, like, you know, they rewrote and cut, recut so much of it mm-hmm. that there's a whole, like, what, six-minute video of scenes from previews that didn't make it to the movie. Yep, yep. Yeah, I would love that. I mean, that's another one. I would love to see the original, like, the first cut of that film just to see what it was supposed to be. Because, I, yeah, I think it would be interesting. I, I Part of the reason I went back is because I've been watching Andor, and I've kind of Oh, you started? Of, yeah, I'm... I'm two thirds of the way through. And then I went back and watched 
uh, Rogue One. And one of the reasons I wanted to rewatch it is because I just don't, when I think of Rogue One, Cassian Andor is an afterthought for me. Mm. And so I, I went back thinking like, did I just like miss him? And no, like he's like, he's a nothing character. He's only there to get like Felicity Huffman into the right places so she can advance. Like there's nothing to him. Hmm. I, and so it's like, if you had said to me, go watch Rogue One and uh, tell me which character they're going to make a, uh, a series out of, <laughs> I, I would not have picked him. I would have, anybody else is more interesting than him. Oh, let me tell you, man. I don't know how far you are into that show, but uh, I I love it. I think they stuck the landing. I can't wait I think for season two. I mean, it's fun. I'm having a good time. But, you know, it just gets back to my deeper issues with stars, which for me, <laughs> as I indoctrinate my children, like Star Wars for them will just be the original three. Mm. And then everything else will just be, I don't know, Star Wars Plus, you know, Star sure. Wars Extra. Yeah, it's the, the cherry on top. That's the way I feel about Indiana Jones. Everybody hates the fourth movie. I think it's better than Temple of Doom, in my personal opinion. The only thing that I like about Temple of Doom is short round. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like people are like, oh, I can't believe that they're making Indiana Jones 5. And they're calling it the Dial of Destiny. It sounds like a bar of soap. And I'm just going to say, <laughs> you know what? I I'm happy to watch it. And if, if it helps you to kind of, like, divorce yourself emotionally from, like, this isn't really Indiana Jones because, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg didn't even direct it. Okay, whatever. It's, it is one more fun experience you get to have at the theater, seeing one of your favorite characters swing the whip around and, you know, isn't shoot a gun. It? And, and, isn't and, he cracking the whip? Whatever. <laughs> whipping the whip around. Um, but, like, whatever, man. It'll be fun. It's just a movie, right? So go have fun it's, with it. It's just a movie. It's just football. <laughs> it's just it's just entertainment. That's why I blew those kisses. It's a little what? bit of a callback. I don't, you don't remember Iowa's ki- kicker blowing kisses oh, on oh, his oh, walk-off oh, yeah, yeah. field goal? <laughs> Took me a moment to yeah. sync up with Anyway, bringing it back to Nebraska football. Um, we got a new coach. I have seen Iowa fans complaining, and it is so funny. <laughs> uh, Trey Palmer had the tweet of the year. Uh, I don't think that we can talk about it on the the podcast. And the original tweet that he was referencing has since been deleted. Surprise, surprise! But uh, all I got to say is they huge. <laughs> no, that was Chancellor Brewington. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I think we, I, yeah, because uh, an Iowa fan was was talking about. Uh, he had a video of Chancellor blowing a blowing up a Iowa defender last year, right? And he was basically implying that the guy, the Chancellor, was a wuss and wouldn't repeat. You know, he couldn't back it up or something. It was mm-hmm. a weird tweet, and that was before the game. And of course, we won, and so uh, Chancellor took the moment to rub it in his <laughs> face. And the guy like left it up for a long time, so I screenshot it, and then yeah. I replied to Chancellor Brillington's tweet saying I'm preserving this for posterity. And finally, the guy did delete it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, I think maybe uh, unless you have any uh, things that you're just dying to say at this point about uh, rule, I did post um, a meme on the Reddit Huskers subreddit the other day. Um, it got a little bit of traction. Um, so basically I was kind of riffing on like, you know, we had all those frost warning shirts, 
so what are we going to have for rule? And I said, this is the best I could come up with. I photoshopped his face onto the, uh, or rather over the likeness of, um, what's his name? It's got the E in it. <laughs> Elijah Wood. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put his face over Elijah Wood's uh, on an old Lord of the Rings poster, and it said, one coach to rule them all. Um, and so, uh, yeah, let's just take a peek here at some of the responses that we got. So people came up with their own slogans that you might see on some T-shirts or bumper stickers or, or what have you over the next couple of months. I'm sure that for the spring game, there's going to be, um, uh, you know, one or two designs that's going to kind of rise above the rest that everybody's going to be buying a shirt and wearing it. Um so here, here are the top responses, and I'll just read a few of them from uh, this thread on Reddit. Um, H underscore NT underscore R95 <laughs> came up with our house, our rules. Nice. It's pretty good. It's a good one. Uh, I'm skipping the people who were saying negative or cynical things. Uh, this one was kind of funny. Almost underscore Burt Macklin said, I changed my playstation name to frost advisory seven when scott got hired i feel like an idiot i'm not doing this again <laughs> um let's see here um rule the west which that would be uh valid for just one more year jasker five um i can't oh oh hits cypher said you know the rules and so do i um decaying organ c matter said nu rules that's nice and simple uh this one's kind of fun uh even braver lil toaster the golden rule <laughs> beat others as you would want to be beated <laughs> um and i responded to that one responded to that one saying like i could see some kind of golden rule headline after we win the west you know <laughs> i like it um let's see here uh, R.I.P. Ben Tramer, Corn Rules Everything Around Me, Rule Number One, Win. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Somebody Those said, are great. Good somebody work. Somebody said, when's, when's the comic coming out? Was there, there was a Scott Frost comic, wasn't there? Yep, there was. I forgot about that. Wow. Um, my brother sent one just a little while ago. I'm trying to remember where I found it. Okay, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm drinking the Rule Aid. That would be a good one for uh, a podcast title right there. <laughs> Do it. Anyway. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what puns and what designs and everything um, kind of uh, come on out over the next couple of years. I, see, that's the one bummer about uh, Deion Sanders not getting hired is... Oh. Uh, I was really hoping for like some kind of a tie-in with uh, DeLeon's. Um, by the way, how do you pronounce that restaurant? I think it's DeLeon's. Everybody, I, you know, I say DeLeon's, but like I'm I'm a white Nebraskan, so when I see it, I'm just like I'm just going to pronounce it the way it looks on the sign, DeLeon's. Um, but like DeLeon's, where's the day coming from? I don't I don't know. I, I don't yeah, know. I think I don't. I, th- I don't know why, but I'm pretty sure that's how it is. Maybe next time I go to the drive-thru, well, see, that's the thing, is they usually just say, like, how can I help you? I need somebody you who says, like, welcome, welcome to DeLeon's, how may I take your order or something like you that. You can help me by telling me how to pronounce <laughs> your restaurant name. Oh, man. Shout out to the guy working at the Taco Bell at 120th and Center in Omaha. 
Um, <laughs> there's a guy who takes orders there. And I was there a couple weeks back because um, it was close to where my mom was doing some um, physical rehab stuff. And uh, I went through the drive through there. And the guy said, welcome to Taco Bell. How may I process your order? Process. <laughs> it was like he was very much hamming it up. And it made me laugh. And it brightened my day. So, Yeah, I feel like process is not what you want to be thinking about. <laughs> like when you're at sure that place like yeah. it's already on your mind yeah i huh. used to when i worked at the drive-thru at scooters i'd be i'd try to put on a minnesota accent hey there welcome to scooters what can we get started for you i'm matt coatney <laughs> oh yeah matt coatney oh i remember doing those impressions the first couple of years of our podcast too well i still like i feel like you still slip into it from time to time yeah probably but it's not because i'm making fun of matt coatney anymore what are you doing? Uh, it just happens. Kind of like how the Kip voice from Napoleon Dynamite uh, happens. It just slips out of you? Yeah. You know, I say the word howdy to people because of you. It's a useful term. Yeah. Back in the day, I was imitating you when I started saying howdy to people, and now I just say it. <laughs> Do I say it on the show? Uh, I don't know about on the show. It's just that's one of the words that you say. That's one of the ways that you greet people. How you doing? And howdy. it's rubbed off on me. Well, I like to think I'm a good influence. <laughs> Oh, is is it the time? Is it time for me to say I think we're there? I think we're there, Mike. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, go go big red. Go big red, and the next time something newsworthy or noteworthy or something happens, we'll probably break in. Um, Justin and I, I think we might uh, do some kind of a season post mortem or something after the new year. That's what we usually do, but. Uh, in the meantime, I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you guys have a Merry Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you're celebrating um, this winter. Happy Solstice, uh, Kwanzaa. Slam the plane, Mike. Uh, I'm just trying to include everybody if I'm I can. To be. Yeah, but uh, whatever you're celebrating, Festivus. Um, For the rest of us. Yeah, whatever it is, uh, we just hope that you stay safe and stay healthy, and uh, we'll see you see you in a while. Be merry and bright. It's <laughs> something like that. All right, talk to you later, Mike. All right, see ya. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.